Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today, I'm getting to sit down with two of my favorite people, Tom and Jen Hodges, who have been really amazing friends of mine for a long, long time. Um, We met Tom a few years ago on the podcast when he recently had gotten diagnosed with ALS to come in and talk about what ALS was, do a little bit of awareness, um, and just talk about the journey that he had been on so far. And so I asked Tom and Jen to come back today. I think we're two or two or three years Two years? Almost four. Almost since we, you and I talked? Uh, the, uh, around three. So around yeah. three years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Tom's almost four years diagnosed, um, and about three years ago we talked. So I just wanted them to come back, and they've been amazing in our community and in other communities just about raising awareness. And yes. we talked about, um, talking about, like, the real real, what it's, what life is like behind the scenes when... You know, it's like you guys are always the happiest people in the room, and I know life can always not be the happiest in the world. So, golden retrievers. Yeah, you guys are. You're like two golden retrievers who love each other very much. It's a little sickening. Um, <laughs> so, Jen, will you introduce yourself? Hi, Jen Hodges, and i um, happy to be here. Thank you, Sarah, for I've only asked her to do it 12 times. <laughs> yeah, and for spreading the awareness that we need so much for this. Um, we appreciate you doing this for us. Um, this is hard as it is to talk about our life and being vulnerable, happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm happy you're here. Um, Tom, I know you gave us a really great rundown. For those of you that are listening, if you want to hear the first podcast, you can pause this one now and actually go back and listen to <clears throat> our initial podcast with Tom. But for those of you that are just going to go through, Tom, could you just give our listeners a breakdown of what ALS is? So ALS is a neuro disease that slowly takes away your motor neurons from um, your uh, muscles working in your body. Um, anybody who's uh, listened to the last one, you can uh, tell my uh, voice has changed. And at that time, I was uh, still moving mostly, and now that's uh, kind of uh, really gone away. Um, I'm uh, mostly in a wheelchair now, uh, outside of uh, Jen and I moving around some at the house, but overall, it's a disease that slowly takes away all your uh, bodily functions. Yeah. I love you guys so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is like a super brave conversation, I have to be honest, too. Like, we're all holding hands. (laughs) And because I love you guys so much, and I don't even know if this is the right way to say it, but I know I can say anything. Like, you guys still live your life so beautifully, and you have this home for your three amazing children and like we people come over and you're still entertaining and you're Tom and Jen and you know to have this conversation is something that means a lot to me as well but it's also like I know it's 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 a hard conversation to have yeah it is it is um so with with Tom saying that can you both of you however talk about uh, like I want to get to your day to day, but kind of the progress, the, is the progression, is that the right yes, word? Like how, progression. and just a quick bit, Tom, because he did such a beautiful job the first podcast. And we want to get more info on this podcast, but just like how you started noticing this was happening and mm-hmm. all the, how all that happened. Yeah. Well, I can remember the um, very first incident that we realized something was going on. We were out on a run. We always worked out together. We came to the works and that was one of our biggest joys. We went to yoga forever before that and um, would always go on runs together. Tom hated it when we lived in California. We would go (laughs) run the strand and we'd finish and he'd say, I hate running, but I'm glad I did it (laughs) kind of thing. But um, working out together, Tom and I do we just, we just do everything together. We're just true soulmates. And um, this one day we were out on a run, and he just fell randomly in the middle of... There was no reason for him to fall. Um, and then I... Then a year later, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and um, <clears throat> I believe I was in my second round of chemo. And he'd been out with some friends, um, and he came in from dinner and had fallen down these steps, just 
completely fell down the steps. And he said, it's, I'm not tripping. Something's seriously wrong with me. And of course, at that stage of where I was, I was like, honey, there's no way there's something wrong with you. And um, I think in the back of his mind, he was thinking that he might have ALS, but um, I'm not sure why that was triggered, but I just remember laying in bed and looking at him and saying, there's no way, this is, there's something wrong with you. Um, and that, think, to that degree. Yeah, and, uh, I think uh, for me, it started with uh, doing athletic activities. You know, I played tennis, I played basketball, golf, and things like that. And I uh, doing yoga, and, and all of a sudden, the things you, uh, you normally uh, can do, you can't do anymore. And you start uh, questioning why, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the... Uh, the process of uh, figuring out what's going on is not a quick thing. You don't walk no. in and just oh, get yeah. diagnosed. <clears throat> yeah. You go through multiple uh, appointments. Many, many appointments. Yeah, is uh, multiple, you? like MRIs, you know, going yeah. to see... Numerous doctors. And they tell you you're fine. Nothing's yeah. going on with you. Your MRI is perfect. Your scans are perfect. We, you know, it's like this puzzle. Yeah. And uh, you want them to tell you something's wrong, yeah, which is the craziest feeling. Yeah, yeah, that it's something common, something yeah. normal. Right. Whatever that is. Right. But that wasn't the case, and they, they eliminate and eliminate and eliminate for about a year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Eventually, uh, they come to the uh, realization of what it is and uh, being ALS. And <laughs> now for us, it was right in the middle of when Jen was uh, going through chemo and radiation. So, <laughs> so that was like, a really uh, fun time, guys. Yeah. yeah. We, you know how we like to have fun, Sarah. <laughs> we just like to bring it all on at once. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we were in the thick of it. And um, Tom and I were talking about you know, that, that, those words you hear when you're diagnosed with something. I can remember exactly where I was standing when they called me after my, um, my, my uh, scan. Uh, they said, we need to come back right away. We think you have breast cancer. And I can remember exactly where we were standing when Tom was told in MUSC, these young doctors, amazing, they looked in his mouth and saw his tongue shake, and they looked at us and said, we really think you have ALS, and we really wanted to tell them to you know what of. You can say because it. We wanted to tell them to fuck off. It's <laughs> like, these young doctors don't know what they're talking I about. I remember you we calling left. me and telling me that. I called yeah. you. I was like, how dare they diagnose without, you know, doing these other tests that we know that are that equate to ALS and um at that time, I mean, I'm walking in these places. I'd lost so much hair that I shaved my head at your birthday, and it was like this feeling of like such vulnerability. I, I've never in my life felt so knocked down. We've gone through a lot as a couple, and it it really took my all to. I'll never forget walking through that hospital that day, looking at every sign, neurology department. I mean, it was like you were in a nightmare that you could not wake up from. Mm -hmm. And we, I could hardly talk to the woman when we had to check out, remember that? And yeah. we were trying to get it together that we, we knew, we both knew that that was what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought to myself, well, we're gonna, I'm going to get myself together. I'm going to talk to this beautiful woman behind the counter who came around from the counter at MUSC and said, you are going to handle anything that's given to you. God will be on your side. I will never forget her. I'll never forget her face. Tom had already walked down the, walked down the hallway, and that, that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's where we are. 
So some of the things that you guys have done, and we'll just talk about some logistical stuff and we'll just move in, but you've built this uh, home that is ADA compliant. Is that how you say it? Yes. Yes. Um, Which is amazing and beautiful. For our listeners, you know, and I had Katie Penta on here before we did the, um, the ALS Compassionate care. Compassionate care, yep. Um, Motivated to move. move. And she was talking about how, you know, people don't realize how much you have to adapt and how much money these things cost and how much extra thought you have to put into everything. Yeah. So, and this is such a broad question, but just, and Tom kind of touched on it a minute ago, but like the things that have shifted in your life that people don't even think about. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Our entire um, life is <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Everything. I mean, I think you got to look at it this way. Hey, now, whatever you're doing right now while you're uh, listening, I can't do. Yeah. <sighs> Everyday simple things. Holding someone's hand, hugging your wife, yeah, <laughs> hugging your children, um, playing basketball. Tom's such an amazing athlete. <clears throat> watching him play tennis and mostly watching him play basketball with the boys. Um, sorry. No, don't be sorry. I feel. I'm sorry. I asked you to do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so good because the reality is. You know, when you're really not feeling up to your day, it's think about people with ALS because everything's stripped away slowly. It's like this beast of a disease. Yep. As are a lot of terminal diseases. But this one is just quite um, unforgiving to a daily life of joy. you flip it around and we flip the script and we say, we're going to, it's a new day. As Wyatt used to say every day when he's younger, it's a sunny day. <laughs> and we live by that motto because you look around and you're so broken down to nothing, to nothing. And you get up and you say, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I do it because Tom does it. Yep. <clears throat> and in the morning, um, you know, Tom lays there and waits for me. <laughs> He's like my little alarm clock to come in and get, get him up from bed. He can't sit up in bed. He can't move in bed. <clears throat> we have to get his elbows just right, his hands just right, his body just right, so he can sleep and lay there and feel peaceful like we all do. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the do we want to snuggling <laughs> down of... Um, of uh, Here. Oh, like here, maybe yeah. swipe, help him. <laughs> to um, get in your bed at night, right, guys that are listening, it's like your biggest joy. Like, yeah. I have like 15 down pillows. Yeah. And you hate getting a bed, Tom. Tom dreads uh, yeah. it. Because it's like you're just there and you can't do the things you need to do. Yep. Yeah. Um, all I want to do is get in bed and all he wants to do is not get in bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like me and John, but on a totally different level. <laughs> John calls me the crazy aunt. <laughs> As Jen knows, she'll walk in my house. She's like, oh, I know where she is. She's in her bed. <laughs> in her bed. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's, um, you know, when I get in bed for the night, I'm there for the night. And I don't move. Right. So you have to um, imagine, you know, if something uh, bothered you, yep, or uh, mosquito flies on you, <laughs> yeah, you even can't itch on do your nose, yeah, yeah. So, I've uh, gotten bit down to a uh, uh, science. How uh, do uh, do with that? Yeah. yeah, and I have to say, Tom's inner peace has grown exponentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I see him so present in life. Yeah. Meaning, you know, I look out and I'll see him just looking out at the pool or whatever it is. But I think you just see, you know, when you're cracked open, your heart's cracked open. It allows so much in. Right. Yeah. So and what and like to that point, I mean, Tom, do you feel 
I mean, I know physically and externally there's been such a shift for y'all's life, but like, do you feel di- like a different on the inside? Uh, different no, perspective? Um, yes, I do. I mean, I think, so this goes on a lot of uh, different levels, you know, but you have to, with this disease, I've set it up before, you live day to day because mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to be able to do that day. And so it makes you live that way, which is good mm-hmm. because you are really present with everything you do. But at the same time, you got to, you know, look down the road a little bit and see what you got to be able to take care of coming up. Right. And I'm not good at that. Right. Jen's better at that than me. Like what's, what's, what do we have to prepare for next? Yeah. Got it. I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, it's probably not the right way to go about it, but. And um, I feel like if you engulf yourself too much with reading about it and what other people are doing, how long people have lived or how long it took for somebody to lose their voice Mm -hmm. or get in a wheelchair, then I live to that timeline. Yeah. Gosh, that's so and true. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to uh, do that. Yeah. Uh, I really tune a lot of that out. Yeah. And I think as a wife and caretaker, I look so much at it in the other way because I'm comparing us to how well he's doing, how miraculous. We're going on four years, and they told us two to five. Mm-hmm. And I look at him, and today I made him walk. Yesterday I made him walk all the way from his chair all the way out. And we're so lucky to have a pool. He walked from our bed to the bathroom. With your support. With my support. Yeah. yeah. And it is phenomenal. I mean, it is truly phenomenal that he can still, and this is because he is willing and trying mentally to adapt and say to himself with hope and joy, I am okay. I'm living. I will live. I will live forever. Mm -hmm. Death is obviously in our, has been present in our world. We've both been diagnosed with crazy diseases for our age. Yep. (laughs) It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. No. I, when I was saying, I was driving home from work, and I'm walk, driving over the bridge, and I see 90-year-old men running up the bridge. Don't you just want to hit thinking, them with your car? Oh my God. <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, it's... Tom, let's talk about some of the stuff that you have done, because you've really been on the front line of some of, like, break, like things that are just coming out now. Mm-hmm. And you guys have fought really, really hard for some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you know, I think the awareness for ALS across the board is, uh, you know, has gotten so much better, even over the last five years. Yeah. Um, the uh, people who started IMLS, which is one of the organizations we uh, follow and, uh, you know, really bring attention to. And will you tell a little bit to our listeners? Because yeah. Jen, I, I, she had told me before, and then you reminded me about it the other day, yeah. and it's yeah. so interesting. They, um, so Brian Waller gives the guy who uh, started with his wife, and he was diagnosed probably about five or six years ago. He was a year ahead of you, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, he worked for uh, Obama in the uh, Obama administration. 
So when he was diagnosed, he used that background to create IMLS, which brings, um, really works on the governmental side of things. Political. Yeah, Yeah, political, (laughs) FDA, and how hard that is to get things approved. And what you see when you live this is there's all these drugs that come out. Very few of them work across the board. And everybody's, you know, DNA and bodies are different. Mm -hmm. So if you have 100 people... Now, it's not going to work for the majority, but it may work for 20%. Right. Well, that's not good enough for the FDA. And so that that treatment dies on the vine. Mm-hmm. It never gets a chance to go past that. They are working. IMLS is working to change that, you know. And since they've been around, there's been a few um, treatments that have now been FDA approved. And so, even so, even that the research gets money, you have to have money on the other sides too. Mm-hmm. You have to have money for people like this who are going to fight to get that research seen Mm -hmm. and get it, you know, accessible for everybody, which is not. You know, yeah, it's, it's one of those things because some of it's super expensive, right? And it doesn't matter. I know. Guys who died from ALS who had all the money in the world and couldn't get their hands on the treatments. Just how it is. Yep. Yeah, and the the problem with the process of the FDA is the time frame. Yep. When you have ALS, you don't have time. Right. I mean, when you have any terminal disease, you really don't have time. But ALS is one of the most rapid death sentences that's out there. Yeah. And it gets, uh, you know, there's like onion, really. It's like, you know, if you have a trial that may last 18 months, mm-hmm. well, half the people might not be there by then. Right. And so when, the numbers are skewed. And right. when he says right, that, right, right. this is, the, this is the, the further part of the trial. I mean, if it passed efficacy and safety... Why not let these patients patients just try it? Right. I mean, if it's gone through that part and you know that it can't harm the person that's willing to sign their name off on it, if it's showing a 20% success rate mm-hmm. or even 10% or even 5% when mm-hmm. you have a terminal illness, right? why not allow that for and a patient it, that says, yes, I'm willing to take the risk. Let, let me try this to see if it'll save my so what? So why do you, why is that? You know why it is. Well, there's such red tape. There's all this red tape. It's just not money, yeah. politics, power, company. pharmaceuticals. Yes, one hundred percent. All of that. Yeah. And now, and, and no one on that front. Yeah. We have the best neurologist in at Mass General, General mm-hmm. who probably ever lived. You know, she is the best, <laughs> and. She works on that every day. Yeah. Dr. Shikovich, is she yeah. uh, if she hears this, she told us, she said when she was a fellow, yeah. they told her she was working and she's you know, that she said, I'm gonna work on ALS and they said, Well, there's no money to be made in ALS. Yeah. And she said, Well then I'm gonna do it. Oh. I mean she's built this platform, the Healy platform, which is different drugs for different stages of ALS and if it's her, if it's hereditary, it's, it's only like six, eight, nine months, months. and they've let people go in and out of the trials. 
that they always have. You know, they're not just banking on one, one thing long term. To they're work always, for all. You yeah. know, organically moving with the uh, data. Yep. That's what you need. Yeah. But, you know, the last time I've been there for the ever since I was diagnosed and finally the last time she had new things to uh, try and that's all because the awareness now not only for the uh, treatment side and the research side but for from the legislation side Yep. People are now seeing where the problems are in this. You know, Our healthcare system. And, you know, we're lucky. You know, we have the work community is <laughs> broadly used these days, right? Yes. But we do have that here. You do. We do. You know, we're lucky. Y'all we are have, very well loved. Well, we it's this community. People, it's the people. Yeah. We have people helping us every day. And we have platforms like this that bring the awareness to tens of thousands of people. It's remarkable. Mostly local, right? Mm-hmm. But it goes exponentially. But without <laughs> yeah. that, you know, where would this community be? Without, you know, home team doing tacos for time. Yes. Tell a little bit about that because we're yeah. going to make sure this airs in June. Yeah. It's, it's June, right? Yeah. That yeah. Doing it. yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> our dear friends, Aaron and Darby Siegel. Little Ron. Little Ron. Yeah. Who we had on the podcast two weeks ago. Yeah. And Zane Dean. He's been a good friend of mine since we lived in Aspen back in the 90s. And you're aging yourself there, too. I was say, <laughs> wow, <laughs> way back in the 90s. He came to me uh, a couple years ago and wanted to help out and wanted to do it through the home team restaurants. Home team, yeah, and so. He came up with tacos for Tom, and they do a taco every June for the month for all the uh, Charleston stores, and that money goes to help me with my treatments Mm -hmm. and my, you know, my needs for the house or whatever, but also goes to IMLS. And to Project Main Street, which is another organization that helps with ALS. Yep, exponentially. With that, that's been going on for the third Third year year. now. (laughs) But also, not only does it help me, but it brings the awareness out again. So, uh, you know how busy that place is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so many people now get to see what ALS is. Yep, the words. Sign up yeah. for, you know, I am ALS to help uh, uh, position things. Yep. You know, and without that, that doesn't happen. Those people are not reached. Mm -hmm. And so same thing with the uh, motivated move. Mm -hmm. You know, it just brings awareness to people out there who would never know about it. Mm -hmm. And that's how things change. Absolutely. Getting awareness out there. Yep. Yeah, because when we started... I think there was so little awareness. I mean, some people did that I, friends of mine, didn't even know what ALS was. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. For over 15 years, Meg Humphrey has been helping children. 
adolescents, and their families. From across the nation, find answers so their child can feel their best and perform their best, not just in school, but in life. She provides comprehensive neuropsych-based evaluations. If you're like, what does that mean? She digs in deeper to look at a wide range of brain functions and skills, such as areas of academic functioning, cognitive ability, along with social, emotional, and behavioral functioning. Her evaluations can reveal diagnoses such as ADHD, anxiety, depression, and learning disabilities such as dyslexia, dysgraphia, and dyscalculia. Her approach focuses on revealing what is going on with her client as a whole so she can make an individualized plan that targets specific needs, not just providing a diagnosis. Many behavioral and emotional concerns are misunderstood and often have unknown underlying causes. Meg works to determine the root cause, not just skimming the surface to address symptoms. This not only helps the child, but the family and the teachers fully understand and support the child. Not many children wake up and say, I want to be mad and sad and cause a lot of trouble today. Most children want to please others. There's typically a reason why a child is acting out. Meg loves helping children and parents because she gets to help them find these answers, which provides understanding and a lot of relief for the whole family. After the testing, Meg will make individualized recommendations for home and school. Intervention recommendations may include tutoring, school-based accommodations, extended time on entrance exams, speech and language therapy, ADHD coaching, parenting support, counseling, and or referrals to other professionals in the community. Summer is a great time to begin this journey, so you can start the next school year knowing exactly what your child needs, so you don't have to keep guessing. To learn more, visit www.meg.com. M-E-G-Humphrey, H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y.com and follow her on Instagram at Meg W. Humphrey, LLC. Yeah, I mean, I knew just because of Katie Penta, but like I didn't have any, I didn't know. I didn't know anything. Yeah. Well, and I remember you all were about to have the first motivated to move. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And I just was thinking to myself, there's no way that this is yeah. touching home again. Yeah. But um, yeah, so motivated to move. And um, Ron at Compassionate Care ALS is another incredible organization that supports families. Just to touch on that a bit, I mean, I, I can't thank Ron enough because he's equipped us with um, things that help our family just feel and feel at operate home. Operate. Daily. I mean, when it comes to a toilet seat riser or a bidet or a chair that lifts or a bed or we Tom's wheelchair broke, that is his independence. And Ron sent one within 24 hours, a, a $2,000 mm-hmm. working wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And Tom can roll around our house with that and feel free. I mean, there's get there's out of the house. get out of it the house. Is, like it's uh, remarkable. Yeah. Yep. It so, allows me to be here. You know, go to concerts, yep. go to dinner. You know, feel independent. That is so important. I think you know you when you lose your independence like that. And I'm speaking for you. I I, uh, I watch him and he he do a lot. Yeah. You know, he needs me for getting dressed. He need, he used to need me for the toilet. He needs me to, I bathe him. You know, our oldest son, Alex, he is a bright light. <clears throat> he does just as much as I do. It's made our kids adjust to this new world of, you know, helping dad. Mm-hmm. He asks them at least a hundred times a day to do something for him mm-hmm. and they've learned graciously how to do it mm-hmm. and what a selfless thing at their age like totally. that is so unheard of yeah. for a teenager or a six-year-old how, t- tell them how old your children are so Wyatt is seven Zoe is 13 and Alex is um 16 so and it's a, yeah it's a big task so we have a for spectrum, a young family. which is a gift but it's you know the kids are um you know, with them, <laughs> they are it's, truly it's angels. Truly amazing, but you know, this is going to serve them so 100%. much when they get older. Yeah, there's nothing that they'll do that is harder than this yeah. ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, one of the beautiful gifts that we watch uh, or I get to witness is. Wyatt, Wyatt, our youngest, loves to play basketball, and Tom is now coach. He's not a player, and he goes out there, and he literally coaches Wyatt and, Tom, and Alex 
and Zoe, actually, I should say all three of them, on the basketball court. And I know how much he misses, you know, throwing the ball. Yeah, of course, of course. And, uh, but they, they have adjusted and they are laughing and having fun and you just adapt. Mm -hmm. But you're so much more grateful, I think, because you're just so present. You don't want it to ever end. Yeah. You never want it to end. You you know, I can remember when I was younger as a parent, I wanted, we'd go out on the basketball court and we were be out there for 30 minutes and we're like, okay, what, what else are we going to do? And now we could stay out there for hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that perspective on <laughs> how fleeting it all, everything can be. Yes. Um, yes. 100%. So, so. To, to speak about your children, cause they are so wonderful and they always have a million friends over and you're just, you know, so inviting. I think that that's something you and I've spoken to Jen, like, yeah they just love you both so much and they're so proud of their family. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you're doing for your children is beautiful, but also what you're doing for all of our children. Yeah. You know, my kids know like Jen, Tom, Tom, and you know, they've seen everything and they see like, and I, like I said at the beginning, I know it's not all rainbows and butterflies, believe me, but the resilience that you guys carry is teaching everybody to carry that Resilience. Yeah, I think it, it just And not just be like, this is awful, I'm going to lay down and die and hate the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well it's you know, life lessons. It's interesting it's like, yeah. you say that. Yeah. I had a, um, a dad come to me the other day about Alex. And he's like, that kid is an amazing kid. And I was like, well, thank you. And he was, he told me, he's like, you know, with what he's going through, you can either, you know, pity yourself or you can, you know, be happy. And he uh, chose the happy side. So did you, Tom. So have you and Jen, both of you. <laughs> well, that's the only way. We're lucky in that regard. Yeah. I mean, that's what we say. We wake up. And it doesn't mean, like, for our listeners, that it doesn't, that, no, we that have there's very, not hard days. Oh, we have dark, oh, yeah. we have very dark days, very dark days, but it's either one or the other. Either he's dark or I'm dark. And then when one's down, the other is lifting. And um, it's a give and take and a not, like, yeah. expect from the other. Like, you know, you, 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 he always, Tom has always lifted me up from my dark. And I think that... We want that joy in our house. We want our our house to be whatever fucking normal is, happy and joyful. And even though Tom's in a wheelchair and he has a lift by the pool and is lowered down and he can't move his arms and you have to feed him and food drops all over his shirt and he's got... <laughs> stuff all over his face and his nose drips every time he eats and I have to scratch his nose in the middle of the night 500 times. We try our hardest because there's, when it comes down to it, there's so much fucking love in our house. I, I, I like could explode right there now. There is. Because. You feel it when you walk in the oh door. Gosh. The door is always unlocked. Anyone that wants to rob them. <laughs> and you just walk in and it's like, you're just greeted with, hey, what's up? Yeah. Smile. Want a drink? What do you what need? What do you need? Have bring over every single one of your friends <laughs> and your kids. Let's have fun, you know? And yeah, it's just. It's life. That it's is living so... life to the fullest. I mean it. I mean, the simplicities of life are having people you love around them, appreciating nature and loving one another. Yep. That's it. Like, yeah. And even though we've been robbed of a lot of things, I feel like, you know, I said this earlier, getting your heart just cracked open. I swear that vulnerability just teaches you so many lessons. As you know, Sarah, you've been through it all. That uh, appreciating the, the mundane, the simplicity, the, the simple things of life. Like, well, and you're right. And, <laughs> you know... It, it is really a blessing in a lot of ways that you are able to take a step back and realize what's important and what's not. Yeah. Right? Kind of like our grandparents do. You know, <laughs> you, know yeah. um, you realize that... You know, a lot of stuff out there doesn't mean anything. I can, yeah, yeah you absolutely. Said, you said that before in the podcast, before 
I remember you saying that. I mean, you get so caught up in the... In the, the, the keeping up the and the who's the, and the doing you know, and the blah, blah, blah. Going places yep. and doing things and who's doing what. Well, and yeah. this makes you not do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. I can remember always looking at my grandmother. She was in her 90s, and she could just stare out the window and just be happy. And I see Tom doing that now, and I'm thinking... What a gift. I know that sounds so hokey, but But it you can is do like, that too, Jen. That's the person that you've always been, I feel I know, like. But it is so amazing well, when you get to that place that you know well, with Jen, you know, people ask me all the time, how do you deal with your attitude day to day? And I'm like, I watch Jen do it with her uh cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, as shitty as she felt, she never let you know it. Nope. And it didn't hold her down for who she was. Nope, not at all. And that's so, it is a gift, Jen. You ha- that is a beautiful gift that you bring into every relationship, though. I mean, I just saw you looking at Lindsay. Lindsay's our producer, those of you know. And like, I mean, she just, you're a light. You yeah. are. Well, thank you. And, I'm, and I don't know, like, I don't want to. Um, Jen and I have kind of talked about this. It's like you getting diagnosed with ALS was so many other people you love having a part of that journey too, right? It's like that yeah. that story. Yeah. yeah. And I can't imagine anyone but Jen being, that's who I'd want to oh, go through yeah. that with. Yeah. <laughs> John, you're out. <laughs> well, I'll never forget when Johnny came over, Tom had fallen when we were at um, Palm Street the Williamsons, we were, we were so gifted to have our friends give us, the, you know, let us rent their house. And they built a ramp for us. Lindsay Nevin came over and built this ramp. I mean, it's just this community is so unbelievably connected. And I mean, and we say it all the time. You say it in class all the time. But it truly is. Everyone helps everyone no matter what. Even if you don't have ALS and cancer, you are helped no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could yeah. bring anything. It could be as simple as stubbing your damn toe. Mm-hmm. Like Someone would love to help you here in this community. But um, Tom had fallen pretty hard. He was still trying so much just to not come, succumb to a wheelchair. you know. And I was so proud of him because he was walking, walking, walking with this walker. And he took this fall that basically took out your face. I mean, it looked like I had really beaten him up big time, <laughs> which I could do, but I, I'm not really that excited to do it. <laughs> anyway, um, I had the first person I wanted to call was John because he, his heart is so big and he came over and I never, that vulnerability John felt in the way that Tom felt and the way he cared for Tom was pretty amazing. Yeah. And I feel that way about all our friends. I mean, they all have done so many different things. You know, sometimes it's overwhelming to have all that support and love because Tom and I, you know, we're doers and we've yeah. did everything since then on our own. And mm-hmm. It's hard to receive, but it's good and to learn how to receive. I've said Such this a lesson. before. When I went to Costa Rica to the uh, Boga retreat, mm-hmm. one of the guys told me there, he's like, Tom, you're looking at this wrong. He's like, you allowing people to help you uh, actually helps them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, you given the ability to let them help makes them feel good that they're doing, doing something, something for, for somebody. You. Yeah. Yep. It's so yeah. true. I never looked at that. Right. Yeah, because when nobody ever wants to be a burden no, or whatever, you don't right? Want people, you right. just don't. I mean, if people reach out all the time, and I, um, and I, I really do believe this. I think the best lesson of help is to just do. Yeah, you've told you me this before. You don't need to ask. Don't call. Like, so don't coordinate. People, you got so much going on. Just do. Just show up. Drop something on the porch. Just do. I yeah. Mean, I mean, that's just you know, it it takes that little extra off you mm-hmm. when you feel bad about not responding to a text or totally whatever, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not that you don't want to respond. It's just that you have forgotten that you even got a text because 
our daily is is pretty crazy, and then and you are you know an A plus 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 texter, <laughs> A plus plus, mm. right, Ebot? When you misspell something, if I didn't misspell something on my text, I would be like somebody, somebody hijacked, hijacked my phone. I'd be like blink once. <laughs> kind of do it on purpose now. Oh, well, anyway. so. <laughs> can you give us, you kind of already did this, but just like, you know, kind of a breakdown of what, because since, you know, you are his caretaker right now and you guys, you guys beautifully take care of each other, but what your day looks like just to lead into like, yeah. I don't always have time to look at my phone. Cause I mean, I've yeah. done, I'm like, Jen, 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 yeah. Jen. You're like, what? I'm like, hi. <laughs> oh man. I mean. Well, Jen, first of all. Takes care of everybody. I know. You know, I mean, as helpful as the kids are, and Alex puts me to bed every night. Mm. Yeah. Um, kisses him on the forehead, which is so sweet. Don't yeah. kill me for saying that, but it's you okay. do. You're Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. From the time she gets up. She doesn't have her time uh, to herself yep. the whole day. She has to get me up, get me dressed, you know, help me with the bathroom, yep. you know, get me ready for my day, get Wyatt ready for his day, and he's not a morning person <laughs> <Yeah>. at all. <laughs> and then, you know, after she does that, then she thinks about herself. And that's... It sounds simple, but it's not. It's not. It's <laughs> no, it not. doesn't sound simple. No, it does in the well, God, terms. I'm like, wow, that's What people crazy. don't realize, and Jen hit on this, it's not just get me dressed. It's get me up out of bed. Yeah. You know, I don't move. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to adjust to. He used to be able to sit up on his own. He used to be able to possibly put his shoes on to now his arms don't move, so they're like rubber bands. You let go, they snap back, you know. So you have to think about all that, too, and be mindful of the new. And his balance to stand him up, like getting him from a shower chair or wheelchair to the shower chair um, to make sure that his hygiene is there like it's it's on me like Mm -hmm. I um and we have a beautiful caretaker Dakota who helps us um and we're wanting another we're gonna have find someone else to help some more but I feel like we are trying not to reinvent the wheel but we're trying to do it as much on our own as possible for privacy reasons because I love being with just Tom Mm -hmm. like I I love our privacy in our home and you know, it changes things. You have to adjust to having someone in your home. And um, it's, hard it's a hard process. She goes from being the, uh, my wife uh, yeah. to mm-hmm. and a mom. And that's... She's working, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, not really fair. Yeah. You know? it, it's fair. It's fair. So to have and to hold through yeah. death to us part. I mean, those words, when you say them when you're young, you have no idea. I mean, I understood it. I believed in it. Walking down the aisle is my favorite day, but you don't really realize the magnitude of it until this moment. Yeah. Yeah, for better or worse. For better or for worse. And um, I'm in, in for it all. And our daily, by the time I put my head on the pillow at night and, you know, I think about mothers who work you know, day jobs, night jobs, and our single moms and people that have terminal illnesses and cancer, it's its all the same. It's just that you, um, if, if your attitude, and I say this, mean it, if your attitude is positive, and I know that sounds so simple, but if you can just somehow dig deep, and I told Tom today when we were walking to the bathroom, you can do it. Don't think about how your ankle hurts. Don't think about how long it is. Don't think about how you're losing your balance. We are walking. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it until we can... I mean, honestly, we're going to do it every day. I'm going to keep them going. I'm going to keep them walking. And we are going to keep hope. And when people say, sometimes people say, oh my gosh, hope, hope, hope. 
Hope is one of the best words in the English language. That's why you got it tattooed yeah. on your wrist. I mean, yeah. it is. In the middle of Mexico, in the sketchiest me. place in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I got a great idea. Let's get some tats. Yeah. Give me some more. <laughs> I got a lot of words. I can put them on my arms. So um, just to kind yeah. of bring this full yeah. circle, because, I mean, I could sit sorry, here and we really... we can talk here forever. Oh, no, sorry. I literally could talk to Listeners. you guys forever. Um, what, and you guys have really kind of already touched on this, so I'm not trying to be kitschy, but, but because somebody listening to this will either need it that day... Yeah. Or one day, or somebody they love will need it. What is your, and this is such a big question, but like your bit, your best practice, your best piece of advice for someone who is getting news that they have a terminal illness? Yeah. Well, and Jen and I talk about this, and there's no right or wrong answer. No. For me... <laughs> I don't believe I'm going to uh, die. Well, that's that's great advice. That's it. You you got You live for every day. And uh, yeah, and we talked about this. I said when I got the call, and I know there's so much cure out there for breast cancer, but I knew women that got diagnosed with the same and are gone. And for some reason, you're chosen. And I believe Tom Hodges is chosen for this because. I look at him and his friendships, and I've known him since I was 18. And he is impacted. That is a whole other podcast. Women, <laughs> that's and the next men one, <laughs> and everyone. I know, it's amazing. He is. He's the best. And he is the best. And it's because he grew up with an amazing mom and sisters. They, he and his dad was pretty much him. I mean, they they are like two of the same, yeah, souls. But what I have to say to that is, you just. Every day, I, when people say every day is a gift, I'm like, it's a Hallmark card freaking slogan, yeah. but it is fucking I true. Think, yeah, it I is. think, if, yeah, getting back to it, <laughs> you get thoughts in your head every day. Yep, that was so of, valid. You know, yep. that what is going to happen. And for me, I have, you know, whether people think it's right or wrong to face things or not, I turn that immediately and think about, you know, the kids or Jen or what is out there. What's worth living for. Yeah. And that changes, you know. Your outlook. You can go down the rabbit hole of death all you want. Yeah, it wasn't an option and, for either of us. And, and, you know, it gets really dark. Yeah. And that's and not I, to say. Yeah, and so. I, dude, I did that before I was sick. Yeah. You know? I'm just you saying that, I'm yeah. sitting here and like, uh, I do that. Yeah. yeah. I think like, I mean, every time my kid gets in a car with somebody. Every time somebody yeah. gets on a plane, fear. I'm it's like, fear. it's fear. It's fear. fear. Is such yeah. I'm like, I don't want to lose love. I don't yes. want to, like, you know? Yeah. Fear is you the know, biggest emotion. Your attachment every, to fear. Every doctor I've gone to, not my regular doctors, but my chiropractor or my, you know, energy healer yep. or, you know, my... You know, cellular doctor, everything is revolves around you training your brain to believe that, you know, you can get better or, you know, not the negative energy. Yeah. The mindset. They all say, you know, you don't want negative people around you. So true. You know, because you, you take on that energy. And so I've really tried to live my life the last few years tuning that stuff out and finding the good and what's going on right then. Mm-hmm. And that will, you know make it easier to uh, get through what you got going on with you. Yeah. Well, and I think in a relationship, I mean, sometimes my energy is low because I'm his caretaker, and sometimes I'm not. It's hard. Because you're human, too. Right. And 
you know, it's, it's, it's really hard when you're a caretaker and then also a wife and you want your life back. You want, you want to yeah. be the way you used to be. But I think the most important thing is to remember that if I put off that negative energy, and it's really hard to do, to not feel like you just want to like crawl in a hole and not help anybody sometimes. And Jim what needs to, as I said earlier, she needs to look down the line for the next step. Yep. And uh, be prepared. I'm not that person. And so that has added stress to her that I don't take on. Right. You know, and that's hard because, you know, I'm not great at listening when she needs to talk about, hey, we need this because this is happening. I'm it's, not it's, great. It's I got like playing I, something out right now that I don't like, know about. No, it's like when I had to tell him. <laughs> I had to tell him we we need to go to a wheelchair. You know, you yeah. nobody you nobody wants to know that you learn that or hear that you have to. You, it's safer for you to be in a wheelchair. Right. Nobody wants to hear that. Oh, we need to find someone who has a toilet seat to help you. Yep. I mean, yeah. the, the privacy is lost. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I have to be that person, but I'm also his wife and I you it's hard to separate caretaker and wife yeah I cannot even imagine but what I do know is that I'm so fortunate and it may not be the case for everyone but you have to look at that person anytime I'm doing something that he can't do when I come to the works or I come I go on a walk with apple my dog or I get to go shoot baskets with my kids you have to, I, my brain is always like, oh, you know, imagine if you couldn't do this. Imagine if you couldn't sit up in bed and go make your coffee. Imagine if you couldn't get up out the door to go do your daily life. Tom yeah. lived life to the fullest every day. He really did. Live like Tom. <laughs> live like Tom is a true model. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's been such a Model and testament. motto. Yeah. <laughs> So um, for our listeners, will you tell them, because Instagram is such a great way for them to connect with some of these orgs, like what yeah. are the handles for them? Do you know? Do you want me yeah. to get my phone so real I quick? I think it's Project Main Street. Yeah. That's at like Project Main, Main Street. Street. At Project Main Street. And guys, at listen, if this is wrong, we'll put it in the, the right ones yeah, in the notes. But it definitely is. At- Just to let you know, they're an organization that takes money mm-hmm. and gives it to families that need it. Yeah. Maybe it's a mortgage payment. Maybe it's utilities. Maybe it's whatever. It's 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 remarkable. You know, as I've said before, I'm lucky. Yeah, I have such an outstanding family base and friend base. But people out there don't have that. Yeah. And these places Give. Help those people. <laughs> yep. And that's why it's important. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And then um, at IMALS, they are the reason why Tom has gotten access to the drug that he, one of the drugs, two of the drugs he takes. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't have been available to him at all. And with them, they made it affordable. They... Affordable. You know, mm-hmm. they... We're able to find ways to get grants for people needing it. And so, yeah, I mean. And then um, Compassionate Care ALS. I mean, Ron is an angel. His his best friend died of ALS, I think, believe in the 80s. Correct me if I'm wrong. but And he realized that there is nobody out there helping families with all the equipment and necessities that I mean, you, he takes it to the extreme. Other he, level. I mean. They, he told me the other day, he's like, if you want to go on a trip, he's like, let me know where, mm-hmm. where you're staying. I will have the hotel room set up for you. I love that. Toilet? Yeah. 
bed, a van. He took someone, I can't remember who it was, with a trach. Yeah. He had a trach in. Jazz fest. To Jazz oh, cool. Fest. He grew up in New Orleans, I believe. And Lives in Boston. He's in a complete hospital bed and took him from Boston to Jazz Fest wow. with a trach to go listen to music. It's amazing. Yeah. His organization, Compassion yeah. Care Less. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Because yeah. that's a that if that isn't hope for anyone to live, yeah. I mean to me yeah. that is a sign of grace. Yeah, totally. Many, many other things, but yeah. Anyway, those so is are, this. <laughs> you know, those are yeah, great platforms. Beautiful. There's so many. Yeah. That's what we dove into. In the uh, the yeah. Healy um, Center in uh, Mass, Mass General. General for research is the yeah the best, best. place out there. Okay, that's good so, to know. You know, depending on what people want to you know help with, there's always needed for all sides. So. These give you options of things that might fit what you want to help with. Yeah. You know? And um, I have to think about the fact when we were diagnosed, there were many people we spoke to that were already in our shoes. And um, Gina Combs and Chris Combs out of Raleigh, um, Chris has, has, has been gone for a few years, but um, we called them and they gave us a wealth of information um, but it's so wonderful to call a family and talk to a couple that's going through it. Tell people how, where they can find you on Instagram. So if, 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 if you ever need, if anyone ever needs to talk about where they are or if they just get diagnosed, Tom and I are welcome. Mm-hmm. We welcome anyone. And um, I don't know my handle on Instagram. I think it's Jen... Dash we'll put it in the notes, Hodges folks. That's what, what I'm talking about. So yeah, I'm not very tech savvy. Which do you I'm check your email? I check my email, but um, anyone well, that needs I mean, there's fifty thousand unread emails. So guys, there. if you need to get in touch with Jen, reach out to me. It's at Sarah Lives Yoga, and I promise you, I will get you in touch with her because I think Sorry, I'm one of the few texts that she actually responds. But to. I mean that wholeheartedly. I, Tom and I would do anything to talk to anyone yeah. newly diagnosed we can put you in, in contact with many people that have so many avenues of help yeah. that um it just calmed our our fear yeah i think so. one last thing you going back to what you would tell people who are newly diagnosed when I was, I met with the older gentleman here who lived with ALS for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he told me a few things. One is always get out of bed and get going for the day. Mm-hmm. That's good advice for anybody. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, the second thing was try everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah, I didn't really think about it then. But what that means is, you know, everybody's body responds differently to different things, Mm -hmm. whether it's mentally or emotionally or even, you know, know, with medicine. Yep. So I've been, you know, lucky and willing to try things that people don't try. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it works, we don't know, you know? But, you know, I'm willing to do treatments that nobody done before, mm-hmm. that doctors outside the you know, regular hospitals will do for me. And... You know, I'm here. You know, so <laughs> Amen. Yep. You know, what works what doesn't who knows. Yeah. But just keep throwing things at it. You gotta look outside the box. Yep. To find other things to do. One thing I'll say though is that the importance it's so scary for families and friends when 
you have someone in your life that has been diagnosed. But I think one thing that it, it puts fear in everyone. No one knows how to respond or be. But I think the most important message I can send to listeners and friends and family is that just to show up. Just show up. Mm-hmm. Be there. Show up. See that person because you don't know how long they're going to be here. And Tom and I truly believe, I, I mean, we're going to set a record, right? <laughs> we are. Yeah, um, Jen already told you she's going first, so. I'm going first. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, but I mean it. It's so important. Um, and if I you agree come with over, that. just give, you know, you can't, if you spill a drink on Tom, you can just hand it to him. And he's had Megan Bailey and Steve Bailey spill all over him, and it's just fine. <laughs> or Sarah's tried to give him a bite, and the sandwich doesn't meet his mouth. It's just fine. There's no wrong. You cannot there do wrong. There's no wrong. Mm-hmm. Helping a friend who's going through something terrible yeah, is pretty much remarkable. And I think what you said, and we'll end on that because I love yeah. that. I felt like that after I've had some loss in my life. Like. People that will see you and they're like, I wanted to come, but I just didn't know what to say. Yeah. I'm like, Monty, there's, there's nothing, nothing to wrong. say. Either. <laughs> if, I'm, if you see me crying, let's cry. If you see yeah. me having a fun, let's laugh. Yeah. If you see me drinking by myself, grab a glass. You can't do any wrong. I yeah. mean, you just show up, then yeah. you, you have done enough. Showing up, and like Steve always says, show up, deliver, and move on. Yeah. Show up, do the best you can, and then yeah. go on to the next thing. So, yeah. well, thank you guys. Thank you so much. This was so good. Hey, to our listeners, please share this with all your people. The more we raise awareness, the better it is for all of us as a community, as a world. And um, rate us, review us, and we'll chat soon. Bye.